I recently had the most wonderful interview with Marina Carrier the other day. She is absolutely darling. She is so knowledgeable and she is so sweet and such a good heart just pouring out of her. And we talked about her childhood trauma and her not knowing Christ in the sense that we know Christ until she was older. She knew there was someone or something that was guiding her and that she was drawn to. She just didn't know exactly who it was. But she found out as an adult that it was Christ and that she was being drawn to him to help her through all of the things that she needed help with. She is so knowledgeable and so well-versed in not only her educational career, but also in the Word of God now. She is just really an amazing person to listen to. I had many things that stuck with me, but one thing that stuck with me the most is when you're thinking about doing something or you're giving yourself excuses not to do something, is it a can't or is it a won't? Is it that you really can't do it or is it that you just don't want to because it may be hard or it may be uncomfortable or it may not be exactly what you think it should look like? I hope you are as blessed with this interview as I was. It was an amazing interview. I felt so full after I got finished talking with Marina. So without further ado, welcome to the show. Are you in a new season of your life? Are you stuck and searching for clarity so you can make a career change? Do you just need the courage to switch careers? Are you ready to follow God's plan for your career? Welcome to Choose Your Next Yes. Hi, Kindred. I'm Mel, a career transition coach, mom of grownups, coffee lover, and God girl. I've had a lot of big life changes, and I haven't always been clear about God's plan for me. This led to stress and anxiety and a lack of clarity and courage to make a career move. I finally started listening to God's voice to find clarity and peace and stopped being scared to make a move and achieve my career transition goals. Now, my mission is to help you learn to listen to God's voice and know when to say yes to the career you've always wanted and no to everything else. Let me show you how to clarify your purpose and find courage to pursue your personal and professional goals in your midlife and beyond. Throw down your self-doubt, dust off your dreams, kindred, it's time to reset and refine and reclaim the woman you once aspired to be. show, everyone. I have a special guest with me today. Well, first of all, I'm your host, Dr. Mel Vandevoort, and I have a special guest with me today. I have Marina Carrier, and Marina is from Scotland, and it's a funny story. I was just telling her before we started that over Christmas, my son and his wife bought me, my ex-husband, and my other two boys a little piece of land in Scotland. So we actually own like one square foot each of land in Scotland. So I told Marina that it might be close to her. We don't know for sure because I don't have the paperwork on it yet. But I think that is so funny that my first guest right after the holidays is from Scotland, where I am now a landowner. And I'm actually <laughs> Lady Melinda Vandevoort now, because when you become, I guess when you own land over there, I don't know, you get to be called Lady. So 
even <laughs> like created our uh, like a family crest and all of that. So it's pretty pretty cute that he did that for us for um, for Christmas. But welcome to the show, Marina. Thank you very much. I'm especially honored to be um, hosted by Lady. Uh, Melinda. <laughs> oh, I tell you, I am Lady Dr. Mel now. So. <laughs> so Marina, tell us a little bit about yourself and just tell us who you are and what you do and just give us all of the, the good stuff. Right. Well, I'm going to give you the, the, the sort of the, um, the end uh, of the story, which is I know that I'm a child of God, but I didn't know that. And I want to reflect with you on something that you in your questions earlier um picked out from among the the debris of my life and and the the highlights of my life um i suffered a great deal as a child but i was given great grace in education i was enabled to learn i was enabled um to accept the help of a boyfriend who taught me how to study i've got terrible dyslexia and he taught me how to reduce all my notes down to a few pages so that I could cope with that. And I had sufficient um, exams in order to finally you know, take higher exams to go to university and finish up going to teacher training college and became a teacher. And I absolutely loved it. But way down the line, when I'd done a PhD and I was actually working, in the Centre for Applied Research in Education um, in the University of East Anglia, had been appointed as the tutor to help teachers who'd come on a course for applied research in education. And I had to do an introduction to research uh, session, but not, it was either a week or two weeks, I can't remember. One of the tasks that I gave them was writing beyond yourself. And I found myself, I don't know whether I gave them the suggestion of who am I, but I always did, in all my teaching, I always did what I expected other, the pupils to do. And I found myself writing a poem called Who Am I? The first few lines were something like, I've never found the original written copy, but I remember the beginning of it. Who am I? Peering out behind expectations. I wonder, who am I? Now, it went on. I don't remember the precise details, but it finished up. I have to wait for time and place to be given the answer. Yes. So I was actually articulating the reality of our lives, that we can't make our lives what we think they would like, we would like them to be. We have to wait for the potter to mold us and shape us and provide for us. And I'm so aware, I wasn't a practicing Christian at that time, except that, you know, in my day when, when, you, when you were a teacher in the school, we had assemblies every morning, which meant Christian assemblies. So I was praying the, the Lord's Prayer every day, but I didn't have a prayer life. I didn't know how to pray to God. Except that I knew, particularly when I was younger, that if I was in a state of dis-ease and I sort of looked upwards, I would get this sense of peace coming down. Mm -hmm. So I've always been a child of God, but I didn't know I was a child of God. So right. you know, in this situation where I was being told, 
you don't know who you are at the moment, and you have to be in the right time and the right place in order to find out. Yes, there's there's a lot of stuff in there that I want to follow up on. So the very first thing you said is that you had dyslexia, but you learned how to cope with that. And so many of my listeners, my midlife women, we suffer from things like anxiety, depression, all of those things, those limiting beliefs that we might have. And we just have to figure out a way to manage those so we can still be successful. Anxiety was something that like, it was really rough for me. I had one period of depression that was really debilitating, but I worked through that. I I worked through it on my own. Well, I say on my own, but I did do a lot of praying. And so it really wasn't on my own, but the anxiety has been something that I suffer with still yet. And it's actually not as bad now, but I know how to cope with that. So you learned how to cope your dyslexia and how to still be successful and manage that in a way that you could fulfill the purpose that God created you for. And then I love the writing beyond yourself because sometimes we think about just who we are as in the present. And we don't always think about who it is that we're working toward or who we could be. And actually, my podcast episode that I put out at the very beginning of this year was like really taking bold action and figuring out who you want to be for this coming year and making that a reality because you're not just who you are at this moment. You always have the chance to grow and become somebody new and really step into the purpose fully for which God created you. And then that time and place that you just said, you are exactly where God wants you at every single moment of your life. And even if it's a struggling moment, he wants you there because you have something to learn and you cannot fulfill his purpose until you learn what it is that he needs you to learn so you can fulfill that purpose. So you are exactly where you're supposed to be at this time and moment so you can be successful. And it's not just what we're learning. It's what we can give. Exactly. This is where we need to stand against anxiety and uh, self-doubt and all those things. Wherever you are, with what even a mustard seed of faith Mm -hmm. that enables you to do X, Y, or Z, you can still give that to others who are in your environment now. Exact, really, really important that it's reciprocal. Yes. And that learning or that giving that you're doing, you're also learning and growing yourself during that time. So I'm pouring out, I am putting out podcast episodes and I am putting out content and I am growing so much through that. Exactly. Exactly. Not only am I teaching other people, but when I connect with people like you or other podcast guest hosts, I am growing so much at that yes, moment and I'm able to exactly. feed off of that and still yes. pour more into others. But you know, even especially as you've got a PhD, all right, you know that as you try to articulate, try to put into words what you have learned, you are learning further. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because God, God is having to give you clarity uh, perseverance. You are learning more of the grace of God. Yes. 
Absolutely. And I'm refining everything that he's wanting me to do. Like you said, I am more clear every day on where he's wanting me to go and what he's wanting me to do. Exactly. Exactly. You are one of his witnesses. And, you know, it's really important that we encourage everybody who's got any faith because it says we overcome Satan by the testimony of our word. And we're not just encouraging those who have faith. We're also encouraging those who may not know Christ. Exactly. And somebody may come across my podcast episode or something that I've posted on social media and be curious. So I continue to put things out there to help bring people to him who may not know what he can do for them or who he even is. That's right. But you see, there's also an, if we look at a precondition, we look at my life because I was an unwanted fetus and then a failed abortion and I was illegitimate in terms of worldly terms and then born a girl. So I know beyond a shadow of doubt that God's promises, even though your father and mother do not want you, I will never reject you. Mm -hmm. So there are some people who don't know about Christ, but know about Christ because they've been upheld by God the Father. You know, I'm coming across people constantly. I have so much awareness of the Holy Spirit alive in them and, you know, I just sort of link them with the words and, you know, then they can fly because they have the Holy Spirit living in them. Yes. They've been upheld by God. And we have to make sure that people understand that you may be a wonderful human being, but without Christ, you are not going to go to heaven and you hmm. have to be a Christian. You have to accept Christ as your savior. And understand that he is the living God before you can get to heaven. And so I, I like I just felt like I needed to put that out there. You can never good. be good enough to get into heaven by yourself. And no. for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit was prompting me to say that or something. I don't good. know. Maybe somebody's listening today that needs to hear that. You may be a wonderful person, but if you are not a child of God, there's not a lot of hope for you in the end. And I don't want that for you no, or anyone. I- it's yeah. it's a it's a mystery. This whole balance of redemption and life, the mystery of the two things working in conjunction till eventually they are one. Mm-hmm. You know, so that we are living for Christ with redemption ongoing, as we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. We're being constantly being changed, constantly being renewed. So I think that's a, it's a good point that you've made. Yeah. Um, So we had talked before about the trauma and not being able to make wise decisions. And so can we dig into that just a little bit more for my audience? Yeah, well, it relates to what we've just said. When my husband, I married, I didn't know that the feelings that I had, the doubts I had, I should have listened to because he had a temper. And, you know, it really wasn't of God, but I didn't know. He wasn't a believer, but I wasn't in the church, remember, at that time. God had led me into education in his hands, but I wasn't in the church. And um, so when, you know, the the marriage went pear-shaped when he was unfaithful and lied to me. If he'd said, yes, I 
did fall in love with somebody. I could have dealt with it, but I couldn't. He didn't. And and I couldn't cope with, I just felt totally betrayed because mm-hmm. I'd always been faithful. God had led me in my marriage. I know he had. But I didn't know how to make wise decisions. And I left my husband uh, with with my son and took him into the local town. This was when I was still at this the, the university, working at the university. And another man that I'd met who had helped me with my PhD and then helped me with an interview to get another job, you know, he, I started to live with him. I didn't know anything about righteous life or, you know, you know, being committed. I wasn't had been married in a church, but I didn't know that side of my faith. I didn't know that I had faith. I just knew that I had strength within me mm-hmm. that came from God, but I didn't consciously understand that. So when um, it came to a point where the the man I was living with didn't want to marry me, and the stress levels of the work that I was doing, it was when in England, um, in Britain, the national curriculum was being introduced. So I was acting head of department of the in-service education for teachers department. So, I mean, the work we were doing was really dealing with very stressed teachers and stressed colleagues because we were having to change all our courses and get them, you know, united together and, and whatever. God gave me great grace to do this and to create a new modular structure with an integrated um, assessment uh, criteria. That was what the gift God had given me. Mm-hmm. So I'd done all this, but I was absolutely exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to take on the substantive post, the permanent post of head of department, and just administer this thing. I could create it, but I didn't want to administer it. Right. And, and uh, so I wanted to move sideways, not go back to my original position as um, principal lecturer in charge of the courses, but move sideways to become principal lecturer with a care of students, with pastoral care. But when I moved and all this structure was then flowing and everybody was, you know, thrilled to bits with it and everything, I was exhausted. And they gave me lots and lots of hours to supervise students on teaching practice. I knew I hadn't got it in me. Mm-hmm. When I was sitting for the second day running, still marking an essay that would have taken me an hour normally, I knew I wasn't coping. Right. So God brought me to my knees and I went to see the man who um, you know, was in charge of teaching practice and said, look, I'm not coping. I'm going to have to go to the doctors. I'd never been to the doctors. I always coped. I always managed, but I couldn't. Because the man that I was living with didn't want to marry me and I'd got nothing to lean on. Because I didn't have an active faith. I didn't know that I could pray. Right. So God cut down the tall tree and um, I was on the bed crying because his man didn't want to marry me. And I heard my name. God called me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't consciously think, oh, there's God. God was not a concept in my mind, but deep within me, I was comforted. And my life, it was a a reversal. So instead of this being in charge, God was recreating 
the the heart to be in charge. Right. And for our our guests who can't see you, she was pointing to her head first. So um, when your head can't be in charge, you need to listen to your heart because God's really speaking to your heart. And so making those wise decisions, you know, you knew exactly what you what your limitations were and you knew what you needed to do to course correct and get in a spot where you needed to be. And the funny thing was, because, you know, I mean, I mean, I was very conscientious. I was totally committed to the teachers and the students and whatever. I loved my work. But when I saw after I heard my name and I saw things happening for my benefit, I wanted to thank this thing. And all I knew what to do was to go to a church. Mm -hmm. So after 30 years absence, I went to a church to thank this thing. And the thing turned out to be God. Exactly. Wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. That's wonderful. Marina, can you give my audience like one really juicy piece of advice before we head off today? Yeah. You know, once when we've been um, traumatized, when we've had suffering as children and I've had a lost faith in, in a loving God or we've tried to do things ourselves, we've lost trust, you know, we've lost all those things. But once you know that you can't do it, only thing to do is to keep turning and keep asking. Yes. And keep waiting. And keep waiting if you need to, and know that he's with you in that moment anyway. Yes. It's the devil will try and convince you of all sorts of rubbish. Oh, definitely. But if you and your ego and your pride and your ego, all right, pride is an awful, awful block. But I know, think for most of my audience or for many of my women, it's the opposite. It's not pride or ego. It's that feeling of not being good enough or worthy. Right. It's the opposite. It's the All other right. lies that the devil okay. tells you. Yes. Right. I want you to be honest with yourself and write down the things you can do in the home, wherever, or in your work. Don't listen to the rubbish that you can't do anything. I said to somebody the other day, can't or won't? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, you need to ask yourself that too. I and love that. You, I'm going to write that down. Can't or won't. Because I tell my audience all the time to take bold action. So if you can't take bold action, is it really that you can't or that you just won't, that you don't yeah. want to? So because, wonderful. Yeah. God promises to provide for our needs. And if you will to do something, he will give you the 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 uh the grace to do it or the person to teach you yes but if you won't do it god can't act yeah exactly exactly he cannot act if you don't do if you can't move forward he can't do what he needs to do because you're not taking the action that he wants to wants you to take wonderful All all you've got to say is i will i'm willing to be willing Yes, exactly. Marina, it has been a pleasure having you here today. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Scotland. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Mel. I, would, I, where are you actually? 
I am in St. Louis, Missouri, in the United States. So right in the middle. Is that in the middle? Right in the middle, exactly. Right, okay. right in the middle, right. exactly. I'd, yeah. I'd love to be with you, but uh, never mind. Another day. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. That's awesome. Well, you have an amazing rest of your day, and to my audience, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate you popping back on again, and I hope that you have an amazing weekend. And I will see you back here next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Glory to God. God bless you.